Good morning. I'm Annika Colbert. It's Thursday, October 21st, vaccinating kids. More on that next, but first, let's do the headlines. Governor Gavin Newsom has extended California's drought emergency to cover the entire state, but San Diego is still in pretty good shape. Jeff Stevenson is a water resources manager with the San Diego County Water Authority. He says the county's water supply is stable. Because we get it in so many places, the idea is if one has a problem, there's a backup. Just like you diversify your investments, you wouldn't put it all into one stock. Stevenson still encourages San Diegans to conserve water and avoid wastewater. Some California schools are at risk of losing federal COVID-19 funds. A condition of getting the money is spending it within a specific time frame. Margarita Fernandez is with the state auditor's office. She says if deadlines are missed, the money reverts to the federal government. There are um, some local education agencies that are not spending as quickly, and some of them talked about that the reason that they aren't is because they are focusing on other funds that have deadlines that are coming up as well. A San Diego federal judge threw out a lawsuit against San Diego's ban on so-called ghost guns on Wednesday. The lawsuit was filed hours after Mayor Todd Gloria signed the ban. It alleged that the ordinance violated Second Amendment rights of law-abiding San Diegans. Ghost guns are typically home-manufactured firearms that don't have serial numbers, making them untraceable. U.S. District Court Judge Cynthia Bashant issued a written ruling denying the plaintiff's request stating that people can still buy home-manufactured guns that are serialized and purchased from licensed sellers. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need. Hi, I'm Beth Accomando, KPBS arts reporter and host of the Cinema Junkie podcast. I'm also a geeky gourmet who likes to bake food themed to the movies I watch, like chocolate blood to savor with Dracula, or an extra chewy Wookiee cookie to enjoy with Star Wars. I'm geeky about the things I love, and that makes me a public radio geek as well. I love being able to connect with audiences just like you through TV, radio, the web, and podcasts like the one you're listening to right now. So, are you a KPBS geek? If so, then I'm asking you to get in touch with your inner nerd and become a member of KPBS today. Just go to kpbs.org and click the blue Give Now button and make a donation. That's right. Let's geek out together about the things we love. The White House is preparing to deliver millions of COVID-19 vaccinations for younger children. KPBS health reporter Matt Hoffman says the news comes as federal regulators are meeting soon to review the vaccine's effectiveness and safety. The FDA is looking at approving COVID-19 Pfizer vaccines for kids ages 5 to 11 next week, with the CDC taking up the issue the following week. White House officials say they have enough doses for the estimated 28 million kids. The U.S. Surgeon General says there will be a national campaign targeting younger children and their parents. If approved, the vaccines could be in San Diego by early next month. I think this may be the last missing piece. Dr. Mark Sawyer is an infectious disease specialist at Rady Children's Hospital. If we want kids to be able to 
freely go to school and participate in their other activities, getting them vaccinated is going to make that a lot easier. Sawyer sits on the FDA advisory panel, which will be reviewing safety data from the vaccine next week. We're worried about side effects, just like we are in adults. But since children generally don't get as sick with COVID, we need to be doubly sure that the vaccines are safe. He says the Pfizer vaccine designed for kids is the same as the one for adults, just in a smaller dose. White House officials say they are working to set up community vaccination sites, including clinics at schools, to make the process as easy as possible. It's going to be available in pediatricians' offices, family physician offices. It's going to be available in some pharmacies who immunize younger kids. So access to vaccine is not going to be a problem. Nationwide, there have been more than 600 coronavirus deaths among minors. Health officials estimate around half of kids that get infected don't have any symptoms. All the reason why Sawyer says it's key to have them vaccinated. If we can cut down transmission in schools and keep kids from bringing it home to their parents and other family members who are at, at even higher risk from the d infection, then I think we're going to be in pretty good shape. Even though the vaccine's approval process is still a couple weeks away, White House officials say they are acting now to be ready to move quickly. And that reporting from KPBS health reporter Matt Hoffman. While the pandemic hit many communities hard across the country, both medically and economically, San Diego in particular fared much better than other places thanks to the military. As KPBS's John Carroll tells us, a new report shows military spending helped soften the pandemic's impact on the region's economy. Vice Admiral Jody Breckenridge. On a beautiful sunny San Diego day, some sunny news. As we come out of COVID, most people think that there are downtrends. This report demonstrates that they're not all down. They're Retired Vice Admiral Jody Breckenridge joined other local leaders at Naval Base Point Loma to present the San Diego Military Advisory Council's 2021 report. The top line takeaway? Military spending and the ripple effect from it helped the San Diego region to mostly dodge a bullet, economically speaking, from COVID. The report shows nearly 350,000 jobs are directly traceable to the military. USD economics professor Alan Jin says the money that flows from those jobs helps keep the local economy stable. The government spends money on personnel, on, on retirees, on research and, and on manufacturing. And uh, that continues regardless of where we are in the business cycle. And that helps then uh, cushion uh, San Diego during uh, during downturns. There are about 110,000 active service members and 35,000 civilians employed by the military here. Defense contracts accounted for an additional 200,000 jobs. 23% of the county's total labor force works either directly or indirectly in service of the military. People who served in the armed forces often choose to retire here and they help a lot too. About 40,000 of them pump $2 billion into our economy every year. And here's the ripple effect of that military money. $35 billion in direct spending generates more than $55 billion, or a quarter of our region's gross regional product. They didn't lay off anybody uh, in terms of the, of the military. They had to keep on going uh, to provide security. And uh, the, the fact that we added jobs in, in the military helped uh, offset uh, some of the losses we saw in, in other areas. From 1904, when the Navy opened a coal depot on San Diego Bay, to today, the military and San Diego are more important to each other than ever. And that was KPBS's John Carroll.
As we reported on Wednesday, San Diego County officials are pressing forward on a climate action plan that could change the way the county grows. It's a complicated undertaking that still needs time to complete, but environmentalists say it's urgent for the region. KPBS environment reporter Eric Anderson has more on the debate that's before the County Board of Commissioners. California is already experiencing wildfires and droughts linked to climate change, and that's adding urgency to the county's planning effort aimed at reducing greenhouse gas emissions. Katie Meyer of San Diego 350 says there is a lot at stake. It is not just your generation and my generation at risk, but future generations who will not know a normal life without experiencing these devastating effects. Meyer urged the supervisors to move forward quickly because climate change is no longer something that's happening in the future. County staff say the complex planning document probably will take some work to complete. The climate action campaign's Noah Harris says that's not good enough. We are deeply alarmed at the delay presented today, um, which will push the CAPS adoption into late 2023. As you've heard, we're in a climate emergency. We have to slash emissions as soon as possible to stop the worst impacts of the climate crisis. San Diego officials are building a climate action plan tasked with reducing the county's greenhouse gas emissions sharply by 2030. It is a state mandate that the county has infamously failed to meet. The courts have rejected six previous plans that were challenged by local environmentalists for not reducing greenhouse gas emissions. Board Chair Nathan Fletcher says that's why he's okay with a deliberative process. He says the county has to get it right. we got to do it all in a legally compliant way, which is very challenging, uh, and in a way that takes into account community concerns about where things should go. Um, but, you know, I think as a board, we want to be on a goal of consistently building more housing than we built previously, but putting it in the right places. That means no more sprawl developments in the backcountry, which require people to drive long distances to work, school, or shop. Supervisor Jim Desmond worries the smart growth development model ignores the impact technology can have on climate warming emissions. He says freeways will remain important in the future. So buses and trains, in my mind, are still going to be there, but we're still going to have roads. We're still going to have that infrastructure. And we need to look at new technology to try to help, uh, you know, solving uh, problems of the future. He says electric cars could have a huge impact on greenhouse gas emissions, and he wants that to be acknowledged in the plan. Supervisor Nora Vargas also called on staff to make sure that environmental justice remains prominent. She says future development in areas like Otay Mesa have to take the impact of pollution into consideration. We have to uh, make sure that we are responsible in how we're doing our, uh, and be strategic, I guess, uh, more importantly, in reducing exposure while ensuring we support the cleanest industrial development and job growth. Uh, I do believe that this could be done. County officials acknowledge the complexity of the task. The climate action plan is being developed as regional planners look at growth and outline efforts to reduce the number of vehicle miles traveled in the county. Staff hope to have their climate action plan ready for a vote by the end of next year. And that was KPBS environment reporter Eric Anderson. Coming up, Governor Gavin Newsom despised Trump's border wall, but now he's hired the company that built it for COVID-19 response. And that's frustrated immigration advocates and community health care leaders. Keeping our communities and our patients safe is at the center of who we are. And so working with an organization that has done the opposite, it's hurtful. 
More on that next, just after the break. Hello, podcast listener. Full disclosure, I'm going to make some assumptions about you. This probably isn't the only podcast you enjoy. Blink if I'm right. (laughs) It's probably not the only thing you watch or listen to on KPBS either. If I'm right about that, then I'm guessing you make it a point to check in on a regular basis to see what's new, take in the latest and greatest, and then you go back to your daily life until we happily come together again. We're sort of like a virtual buffet. When you're hungry for information and entertainment, you go to KPBS and want to eat, uh, consume all you can, right? Well, you should know that when you become a member of KPBS, you're keeping the entire TV, radio, and online trays full of fresh ideas, like the tasty podcast you're enjoying right now. Help feed your appetite for KPBS. Become a member today. Just go to kpbs.org, click the blue Give Now button, and make a donation. Thank you. California has turned to an unusual partner for COVID-19 response, the same company that built former President Donald Trump's border wall along the state's southern border. The no-bid $350 million contract has frustrated immigration advocates and community health care leaders. CAP Radio's state government reporter Scott Rod has more. It's no secret Governor Gavin Newsom despised Trump's border wall. Here he is on CNN's Anderson Cooper 360 shortly after taking office. But 2,000 mile uh, wall is a monument to stupidity, not just vanity, to stupidity. It doesn't solve the problem. Trump hired a company called SLSCO to build his wall in California. Two years later, the Newsom administration hired the same company for COVID-19 response. The state desperately needed medical workers, and SLSCO had pivoted to healthcare services during the pandemic. The company provided thousands of medical staff who were sent to vaccination sites around the state. They also helped screen and immunize nearly 60,000 migrants at the border, in the shadow of the wall SLSCO built to keep them out. It does raise questions about how that decision took place. Pedro Rios directs the U.S.-Mexico border program for the American Friends Service Committee. To me, what it shows is just a, a lack of historical memory to be able to hold accountable those companies that were profiting from that type of uh, business. We wanted to ask Newsom about this, but his office did not respond to our request for comment. SLSCO and the State Department of Public Health declined interview requests. In a statement, the company said it was honored to provide medical staffing to California. In an email, the Department of Public Health said SLSCO provided quality staff, many of whom were bilingual. The department claims this helped advance the state's effort to test and vaccinate underserved communities. Britta Guerrero is CEO of the Sacramento Native American Health Center. She disagrees. We would have never considered a partnership like that. The Native American Health Center helped organize vaccine clinics, including ones for undocumented Californians. Unbeknownst to Guerrero, the state sent 10 workers from SLSCO to staff the events. She says that could have jeopardized relationships with vulnerable patients who already distrust the healthcare system. We represent black and brown communities, underserved folks, and keeping our communities and our patients safe 
is at the center of who we are. And so working with an organization that has done the opposite, it's hurtful. CAP Radio spoke to multiple county public health departments who said staff from SLSCO served an important role in their vaccination efforts. Here's Sarah Boss, Madeira County's public health director. We found that the quality of the staff was very good. They provided excellent service to our community and our residents on par with our expectations of our regular staff in Madera County. Boss says she was unaware of the company's background building border walls. She added that her top priority as a public health director is to ensure residents have quality care and access to the vaccine. And that was CAP Radio's state government reporter, Scott Rod. You can read the entire investigation into California's partnership with border wall company SLSCO at capradio.org. That's it for the podcast today. Be sure to catch KPBS Midday Edition at noon on KPBS Radio or check out the Midday Edition podcast. You can also watch KPBS Evening Edition at 5 o'clock on KPBS Television. And as always, you can find more San Diego news online at kpbs.org. I'm Annika Colbert. Thanks for listening and have a great day.